Welcome back to another episode of Old Fashioned Working Whiskey, an old-fashioned podcast brought to you by a couple of old-fashioned guys drinking some old fashions. I'm your host, Jason Courtney, in studio with me today, Mr. Olin Hyde, pushing the levers, turning the knobs. Mr. Hyde, are you getting excited for your trip? A trip? Your trip? What trip? The trip from Spokane to Pensacola. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's going to be great. (laughs) Not from Pensacola to Spokane. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What are we talking about today? That was really underwhelming. I set you up with this great question and... Sorry, I'm really distracted by my beard today. You have been playing with it in the microphone. It keeps getting caught in the microphone. Because you need to shave it. (laughs) (laughs) So, before we talk about what we're talking about, we're talking about what we're drinking. My favorite, my personal favorite, Calumet Farms, small batch. Well, you don't know if this one's your personal favorite. Well, yeah, because I haven't had this one, but I do love Calumet Farms. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but this is their small batch. It's a 15-year-old and 8-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, Uh, 86 proof. It's a little soft, but 43% alcohol by volume, you know, not the strongest we've had. Especially recently, we had a hundred the other day, and you know we've done some as high as like one twenty nine, but uh, definitely uh, a good one. So uh, let's give it a shot, sir. Very full for that proof. Yeah, but you can still taste it, even uh, with the Demerara syrup. So it's seventy four percent corn, eighteen percent rye, eight percent malted barley. It's definitely That's the a little mash bit of bill. I mean, that's light on the rye, but you can definitely taste it. Yeah. Not bad for some folks that wanted to raise horses. That's good. Yeah. Once again, Calumet Farm coming in clutch. Product of Kentucky. Go out and find it while you can. So today we are talking about data. Data. Tomato. Tomato. Yep. So whether you call it data, data. I'm sure somebody out there will correct us. Yeah, I'm sure there is a proper enunciation that we've you know, overlooked, but we're just a couple of simple guys. So we, uh, we're we big fans of data here at the old Office Pride Pensacola, and I'm really excited about what the Scooters brand has with uh, their drive through kiosk um, where they measure, ob- obviously, the average ticket price, the average drive through time, um, you know, and you can track it by salesperson, by the person on, you know, which one's on the headset. You can get narrowed in and see like on the cameras and pull up the ticket and see what they're ringing in. Like they are uh, very, very technologically driven office pride, not as much, but we've really tried to put our own twist on that. Something yeah. you were pretty passionate about when you got here. Um, so some of the data or data that we track here at office pride, our single largest controllable expense, which is labor labor. Yeah. For us, that's the single largest controllable expense. So all of our managers are bonused off of it. And, uh, also the single largest stressor of the organization. Yeah. So we track it. We use, uh, we have a timekeeping system that, Tells, uh, we were just talking with our new sales guy, Ty. So once again, shout out to Ty. Uh, this is his first week in office. Now you'll probably hear this towards October, Ty, if you're listening, but this is your first week when we record this. So 
we're still excited to have you. You did a great job cold calling this morning. And um, for us, you know, we use it to track not only when they're in and when they're out, but where they clocked in and where they clocked out. Right. So our business model here with Office Pride is a little different. They're not all coming to one place to clock in and out. Right. When I worked yeah. for the Waterfront Rescue Mission, it was a physical location. You could put your hand on this time, clock in and clock out. It wasn't an issue here. You can't do that. You can't have, it's not, you could, it's just not financially feasible to have biometric scanners in every place. Every office. Clean, yeah. yeah. So we use this and it tracks their geo stamps where they were on their phone. When they clocked in and out, it tracks the phone number. And if it's an approved phone number or not, got a lot of reporting, you know, we've, uh, we've been able to dial in on that. We've, uh, you know, tell them about the sales platform with PipeDrive and PandaDocs. Yeah, so we use a, a CRM, which, you know, most people do. Um, but this one's a very, very simple CRM. It's not as complicated as a Salesforce or a Zoho. It doesn't require a whole lot of setup. And so the metrics on the back end are really, really simple. The way you manage it's really simple. Um, so we're able to go in and very quickly see how many proposals we made, how many deals we've closed, what's our close ratio. Um, and then similarly, uh, part of what's connected to that is linked together is our paperless proposal software. Um, so we use Panda Docs for that. We create all of our quotes in there. We email them to the, the contact at the customer's uh, place. They're able to open it, review it. They can download it, print it out. They can forward it to somebody else if they need to sign it. And we get to see the metrics on that of, you know, how many times they opened it, how long they stopped and looked at it, which page they looked at the longest. Um, we can see how long it took them to sign the document from when they open it. Uh, and then it gives us data and a dashboard. Like there's tiles that show like, here's how many we've sent and the dollar value associated with that. Here's how many been completed in the dollar value. Here's how many expired and went unsigned. Here's how many were declined by customers with dollar values all associated with that. And so we're able to get a lot of good data on that. But, you know, one of the big insights we had when we started that software, you know, there was always a big push in office pride and in, in cleaning in general to sit down and do a face-to-face -face proposal presentation because that's how you, you close the deal. But what we realized through our software was that it doesn't matter. The deal was closed at the walkthrough. The only thing they look at on the proposal is the price. That's right. Yeah, the price. I mean, we, we can see, once, like he was saying, which page they're looking at the longest. And it's one second, one second, one second, one second. All about the company and the cleaning systems. Yeah, and how we help you get you. to the price. It's like four minutes. Like, oh, <laughs> all right. That's all they cared about. So Yeah, because yeah, like we told Ty, you know, the the sale, they really get comfortable with us on the walkthrough that's where they've decided like, I like this company. And then as long as we nail the price, they've, they've already made their mind up before they've received the proposals. Yeah, absolutely. So we've used that technology to try and drive performance. Cause that's what we're all about here is, is high performance, right? And data or data helps us to achieve that because we have set some standards and metrics and have some goals that have to be achieved. And, and this will help us achieve those goals. Yeah. So, you know, even at home, I mean, I, you know, I like, and I don't know, it probably makes me a little bit of a nerd. I like to track like our 
electric bill, like where we were at last month versus where we're at, not just by price, but by kilowatt hours used. And I think like, were we home more or less this month? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're a dork. Yeah. I don't I, do that. I know. And, and it's really funny. Cause I really don't care. I leave the air conditioner at like 71 all day and mm-hmm. all night. Like it's just, I want to be comfortable. The only time I ever looked at my data was when we got our nest thermostat at the old house and they email you a monthly report of, Hey, here's how many hours your air conditioner run. And here's how many leafs you earned this month. And here's how you compare. And I would, you know, two minutes, I would look at that email and then I wouldn't think about it again. Yeah. So we got one. We have not installed it yet because uh, we are at a rental property. So I've got to install it and then uninstall it. So <laughs> take it to the new house. You know, you <laughs> still blame with your beard, huh? It's still, it was like up on top of the microphone. <laughs> so, but I, yeah, I like that information. Um, you know, I like to see that, that metric. So I'm excited to track the metrics for scooters and see who's the best performer on the headset and let's keep them on the headset. Right. Like yeah. we talk about, you know, strength finders and playing the strengths, not really working on your weaknesses, but you know, that's where I'm like, okay, if we have somebody that's not good on the headset, well, let's just not put them on the headset, you know? Yeah. Like, Let's get the best person on the headset on the headset. Let's get the best which the, you know maker, this make is the a, best coffee. A little rabbit trail for everybody out there, but there was a guy at the Dunkin' Donuts on Davis Highway. He sounded just like Fix It Felix. And I was like, man, he would be the best guy cuz he was always like, "Good morning. How can I help you today?" And I was like, "Oh man, Felix, like this is how you can help me today." <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Is he the um predator the what's the what's the word for bad guy? No, he's the good guy. Remember in uh, Wreck It Ralph fixed. Well that's what I was gonna ask. Like, is he the the opposite of Wreck It Ralph? Yeah, he is. I didn't really watch that. He was the guy with the golden hammer that fixed everything that Ralph destroyed. How have you not watched this one? It's a great Disney Pixar movie. I'll have to go check it out. I love it. I could still watch it today. I might, that might be on the weekend preview list. Then we, uh, yeah. Just cause you're a bad that. guy. Doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Hmm. Yeah. So we use data. there. applicant tracking has really helped us. Yeah. Especially during this thing called the pandemic. Um, you know, having a weekly report and statistic of how many applications we had received versus what we knew we needed to, to fill all of our job openings, we made a lot of quick decisions and we made a lot of quick pivots during the pandemic because we had that data available on a a weekly basis. Yeah. And once again, we moved from QuickBooks desktop to QuickBooks online because it gave us a better, um, it gave us better analytics. Yeah. It was easier to work with our CPA, the budgeting, we were able to set up and use in there. We were able to connect the bank accounts. You know, there are a lot of credit cards. Credit cards. That was a nightmare while yep. we were trying to do it, you know, manually. A lot of, lot of it, it made life easier. And we're not talking about technology. This is about the data portion of it. So we want to be careful not to slip into that. But like it was beneficial for us because we could see on a regular basis what our account balances were all from one spot, right? We yep. could say, okay, we were just making a decision not too long ago on some new equipment and we had the opportunity to pay outright up front, or we could lease it at a 5%, you know, which is a little more than we like to pay interest wise, but we are trying to 
have some strong. We had some cash intensive things coming up. And so we just decided it was better to keep the capital in the business in anticipation of those and then finance it over that 5% because the cash was more important than right. saving the 5%. Yeah. We're going to be able to use that 5% that we're going to spend in interest and hopefully make, you know, 15 to 20%. Yeah. So it, it, it has become a big part of a lot of the things. Now there's some, you know, as with everything, you can have too much data and you can have bad data. Like we have some things we've dropped off our scorecards because we realized, Hey, like it's not driving the business. So it's just there to be there. And determining, you know, one of the things that we really got into, and I'm going to give a shout out to, to Jerry Henley. Um, he really got us fired up on KPIs, mm-hmm. key performing indicators. Um, and there's leading and lagging. Uh, if you guys have not heard of KPIs, which hopefully you have, do some research. They are, they're really helpful. And we have done a good job here at Office Pride of finding out what the leading indicators are and what the lagging results will be. Like, you know, complaints are leading indicators for lagging com- for cancellation losses. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then the same thing, like they're also, they can be both. So complaints is a lagging indicator of open hours, which is the leading indicator. If you have, yeah. you know, if you have a lot of open hours, you're going to have more complaints. If you have more complaints, you're going to have more cancellations. Like they play into each other and you can study one to find out why the other is happening. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the data is really important and it helps us with, decisions right and when you have them on a dashboard like we do it helps us to make the decision quicker right because we don't want to be slow decision makers i hate slow decision makers yeah (laughs) my cord see as much as i fiddled with my beard it's never once made a noise it was the cord could that you're playing with (laughs) well it's kind of just dangling here (laughs) he's he's attention okay (laughs) We digress. <laughs> oh man. So, all right. So we've talked about scooters. We've talked about office pride. We've talked a little bit about the house. Um, you know, we, we have this fun. Um, I say fun. It's not been fun as of late, but we have this, um, game we like to play called the stock market oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, we were both checking our robin hood right before we started recording this and we're both like eh, it's a decent day we're one we're one point we're over one percent <laughs> up like we're not in the red we're not bleeding <laughs> yay yeah it was like any green day is a good day right now yeah so a lot of data goes into that right like once again, that preview of, hey, how's the stock performing? You can see yeah. percentage-wise what they're up, what what you're down, where you should be investing. And yep. for us, obviously, we do it kind of as a hobby or, like I said, as a game. It's not really, I mean. Yeah, this isn't our uh, life savings or our retirement. I guess at my point, it's getting to be less it's a, a game. And yeah, it's, le- probably, it's not a substantial amount in yours. Yeah, where I should probably start. <laughs> if mine went away tomorrow, I wouldn't. Like, I, you know me, because I'm a Jew, I would. <laughs> Sorry to any Hebrews listening. And David's that was not, no. um, <laughs> not intentional. That was a that was. Yeah. I'm cheap yes. as an individual, and so like I would regret losing that money. However, like I wouldn't be hurting. 
And I would be okay. I would be sad. Yeah. I, I would probably finish off this bottle of Calumet Farms, uh, small batch, 15 year and eight year. Stop by your local total. That's why you may not want to join the stock lending program in that case. Oh, no. Well, you don't get to pick which uh, we're totally going off topic here, but you don't get to pick which stocks you lend out in your portfolio. Like they're all available for lending. And theoretically, like you could lose all of them if like the, the market crashed or whatever. Robinhood backs them with cash, quote unquote, in an account. But, you know, I don't trust Robinhood. Um, I still don't understand how lending stock works. Maybe we should have uh, a stock market broker on to talk about options and all that so that we could Learn. Play, <laughs> play more dangerously. Play a little more educated. <laughs> yeah, we'll reach out to Andrew and see if he's got a yeah, somebody in the a stock. Tip. Yeah, a guy, somebody that could uh, help us. Yeah. Play around a that's little. That's essentially what I'm, I'm, I'm doing is I'm loaning it out to people who are like betting that it's going to go up or down or whatever. Like they're shorting or I forget what the opposite is. They're betting it's going to go up, but hmm. but they probably use data to make that decision, right? Mm-hmm. When you're buying cars, you're looking at data. What's the safety performance? What's the average miles per gallon, right? Now so the features matter too, but a lot of times it's that data, the safety performance, the fuel performance, especially when gas was on reliability $5 rating. a gallon. Yeah. Cause there's like, even if I had the money, there's no way I'd ever buy a Land Rover cause they're just super unreliable. That's what I'm buying Matt for his 40th birthday. <laughs> of course. Like an old one or like one of the new ones, like a new one, like probably yeah. 75,000. Are you going to gift him some money to maintain it or I, I think he is at a financial place where he can handle that. I, I think like Molly just got a promotion He's doing well. We'll have scooters in the next three years. Or he'll to five just have years. to learn how to maintain it himself or drive the truck. If he <laughs> well, and he doesn't turn 40 for another. I know it's like forever. Years. Yeah. No, wait, we're the same age right now. No. Yep. We're same age right yeah, now. Yeah. He just, yeah. So, Cause so, yeah, he's got 34. Yeah. So he'll, he's got six years till he's 40. So I got six years to save up the money. He's got six years to well, by then we should have our first scooter store open. Good uh, Lord willing. And the creek don't rise. <laughs> Oh man. I think we'll all have offed ourselves if it's not open by then. That'll it'll be very hard not to have looked at that option. <laughs> yeah. But you know, so data plays a big part in that. It made a big part of the decision when which brand we were gonna choose in Yeah, we dissected the item nineteen and yeah, dove into that. All data on store performance. They taught they break it down into the quartiles, top second, third, and bottom net profit, labor, all that. Yeah. It it was, uh, you know, that was a big portion of what we looked at. So data for us is, is huge. And for us to make the investment in the technology to find out like what we're doing, where it's going, you know, I mean, voice over IP, we, Ty loves the ability to record calls and listen to the data on like, you know, like, Hey, this call was about this or not about this. And it helps us to narrow down our SEO mm-hmm. and Hey, we're getting calls on this line that we don't need to be getting on this line. And, and not all of the business, but part of it, like we know how many inspections were done. What was the average rating? You know, all of those type of things come in, in through some of that data. Yeah. So for us, it's been really, really big. It's been really helpful. And so I encourage you guys just to Really look into it. What what data can you look at for your stores, for your businesses, for your 
home life, you know, big, uh, big budget decisions, things like that. Really helpful when you have good data, not bad data, but good data. So, you know, find a, a system that works, find one that you like and that you use. Most importantly, doesn't matter if you have all the data in the world, if you don't ever look at it. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. You can always catch us on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcast, um, all the popular networks. Reach out to us at old fa- Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey at gmail.com. <laughs>